Hello, what's up everybody? How y'all doing? This is Ryan Khan with the Jumping Trains Podcast. I have a brand new episode here today, which is happening right now. This is not an intro. This is the podcast. I have no guest today. It's just me blabbering on about my life here in France at the moment and my plans for the future and how I've been keeping myself from going insane and everything else uh, in between all that. Um, <laughs> I have been painting a whole lot. It's been pretty fun. Uh, acrylics are, uh, are, are pretty cool, but you know what? Acrylics dry really fast and it's very difficult to get a, a good blend. It's very difficult to get, uh, a good mix of colors without it all just turning to mud. Um, and it's just, I, I'm not a big fan of acrylic painting. Everything's very final. I mean, you can always paint over if you mess up, but there's something magical about oil painting, especially the wet on wet that Bob Ross does. So I've been doing Bob Ross lessons, <laughs> taking, uh, watching videos that he does on YouTube and, uh, just doing the best I can to mimic what he does. And it's, it's really interesting. I'm starting to see the world in shapes and colors and it's, it's definitely changing my perspective a little bit. Uh, I guess I should talk about why I'm in France. So my girlfriend is here. We uh, have been dating for about six something months now, but we dated previously for about a year and a half um, with a big gap there in the middle. I finally made my way back up to her and reconfessed my love to her and she reconfessed her love to me and everything's been going swimmingly for the most part uh there's a little bit of darkness that uh that was involved to get me to come here to france to begin with but now that i'm here that threat is no longer applicable so everything's fine for the most part the only problem is that i have to go back to Florida in April. I came here at the beginning of January. I'm leaving at the beginning of April. And I really want to take my girlfriend, Maureen, with me. I want I want her to come with me. I don't want to go to Florida where I was living because that place kind of sucks, especially if you're into wine, which my girl's nothing but a wine nerd. I want to go to California, guys. Like... I want, I honestly want to live more countryside, but it would be pretty cool to live kind of near LA because a lot of my heroes and a lot of my, uh, inspirations are from LA and living in LA and it'd be kind of cool to, to see that area and kind of experience what they experience. But you know, just being able to visit there, I think is probably good enough. I, I'm not a fan of the big city. Uh, not at all, which kind of sucks because right now I'm in Bordeaux, which is like the second biggest city in France. Uh, but anyway, my girlfriend has a job, uh, opportunity that may or may not present itself in the next day or two in San Francisco, which is another big city. Oh God. Um, It'll be hard to try to make that work, but I think it's definitely possible as long as the job uh, offer works out. We'll be hearing from that the next day or two. 
Um, if it doesn't work out, I may need to get a job here in France. Uh, I might need to translate my resume into French and see if I can't get some sort of job to hire me on a J1 uh, on a J1 visa, a uh, an internships visa, like a long-term internship, which could could turn into a, a working visa if I stay here long enough and apply for a change of uh, status. Um, I'm a printer, a t-shirt printer by trade. I, I've, I studied that for two years, um, with a company called custom Inc. And I eventually left them to go back down to Florida to pursue more schooling. Um, but I ended up getting into another company called new Smyrna beach clothing company where I printed, uh, for about eight to nine months. Um, so I, 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 it's of all the jobs I've done working in grocery stores and retail and, and restaurants. Printing is by far my favorite because you don't have to deal with bullshit customers. You don't have to deal with sticking your nose up somebody else's ass. I mean, every once in a while you have to deal with management, but that's fine. You're not dealing with customers. All you're dealing with is ink and t-shirts and the printing press. Um, and it's really beautiful because every job is like a puzzle. And you have to figure out how that puzzle goes together. And almost every order has something that goes wrong. Um, but if you're good enough and you're uh, vigilant enough, you can usually catch it before it goes beyond the point of no repair. Um, and then you have to work some crazy printer voodoo magic to get everything working again. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy it. So if I could find a way to get a printing job up here in France, that would be optimal. But there aren't really a whole lot of print shops in France. And most of the print shops in Europe will ship internationally across Europe. So there's not really a big need for there to be local print shops anywhere in France. I found a few where I am right now in Bordeaux. But if we stay here, chances are we won't be staying in this city. So my chances there are slim. Uh, my other two opportunities would be teaching English to uh, children uh, as and maybe a teaching scenario or maybe as an au pair where I am sort of like a male nanny and I'm taking care of the kids and speaking to them in English as I take care of them to kind of force them into learning my language. And in turn, I'll be learning their language. I found a great company. Uh, interexchange.com. They, uh, they they charge you, I think, like $600 for the entire application fee. But they guarantee you, uh, they guarantee finding a family for you. They pay for your language courses. They set you up with a place to live. They make sure all of your needs are taken care of. And everything is kind of just streamlined through them. So if all else fails, that'll be my last resort. My other option would be uh, as a tour guide, because you know, France is huge on tourism. Um, and a lot of places want really good English speakers to be able to give tours to foreigners for specific areas. Um, so that could be a, a good opportunity for me to, uh, explore. There are some offers that are off, uh, some job offers that, 
uh, are offering like 1750 euros an hour, which is pretty good. That's like close to $20 an hour USD. Um, but I'm sure it's going to take a lot of research, a lot of training to get that job. They might want somebody who is more local. I don't know. I, I just need to put in my application and see what goes on. Uh, but if not, I would love to find a printing company out near San Francisco. That would be awesome. Even if I can't find a printing company, just working in a restaurant out there. Uh, I mean, I would prefer somewhere a little more country uh, with some, something with a little less more solitude, a little less dog shit on the streets, a little less rats and pigeons running across the road. It'd be really nice <laughs> to just live somewhere where you're not hearing cars beeping and people yelling 24-7. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do. And I definitely got to do what I got to do. So I'm going to do it. Uh, I've been in France for almost two months now. And ever since I got here, I started hearing about the riots and the protests. Um, but every time I asked people about it, they kind of gave me mixed answers. I mean, most of the people I talked about it talked to about it originally were completely against it, but they also didn't seem to understand it at all. Um, they were telling me that people who, uh, people who, uh, people are mad at the government, the government's not helping the people enough, but the people who are also in the protests are people on welfare, which means their entire, uh, their entire income is supplied by the government. So it's kind of like a catch 22 people who are being supported by the government are mad that the government's not supporting them more. Um, I heard about the protests and the riots. They happen every week, apparently all across France, not just in the city that I'm in, in Paris and in, in Normandy and Bordeaux, um, everywhere, everywhere. Uh, I've been hearing about them week after week after week, but it wasn't until a few weeks ago that I actually saw them firsthand. Um, we were in a department store. I think it was actually an H&M. Uh, we were walking up to the second floor when uh, we heard the doors were shut and we were not allowed to leave. And we were like, well, why the hell are we not allowed to leave? So we went up to the second floor and looked out the windows and there's just a huge like a parade of people all wearing yellow vests, some of them carrying flags, other ones carrying signs. Some people had uh, megaphones and they were yelling. They were chanting and yelling and screaming and singing. And it just continued and went on and on and on. Some some people were some, – some of the people looked really like nice and, and and professional and other people were like – looked like they were homeless. Um, you got a big mix crowd and they, we, we were probably locked in that department store for like 15, 20 minutes as the, as the parade of protesters went through the city. Um, and we were eventually allowed to leave when the, when the parade had died down. So we, we left, it was getting later in the day. Uh oh, I guess I should have turned my uh, phone off. I'll do that now. Get rid of that uh, airplane mode. There we go. All right. No more text. So we were leaving the city. Or I guess we were starting to make our way out of the city after the protest had uh, started to die down. But I guess there were some stragglers, people at the back of the protest who weren't like 
definitely weren't at the front of things. They were kind of holding their way back and we started to pass by them as we were making our way out of the, out of like the, uh, the main downtown central of Bordeaux. They call it St. Catherine. So we're walking out of St. Catherine and we see this, this straggling crowd of protesters and they're angry. They're yelling. They're like, we, we can tell something's up with them. So we, we get, we pick up our pace and try to walk out of there as fast as we possibly can. And as we're walking, we hear behind us glass break. Things are getting smashed. People are yelling and screaming and almost on cue, like the second the glass broke, the second things broke out, armored policemen came around the corner. And I'm talking about full armored garb, full face mask, black armor from head to toe. Some of them holding riot shields, other people holding uh, the the rubber bullet guns. They're coming around the corner, row after row after row. I'm talking 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 cops. Small, a small army of cops just come around the corner, and then behind them, cops on motorcycles are 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 trailing behind them, and they just start running towards where we left the straggling protesters. And we, at that point, we started running to get out of the commotion because we didn't want to get hit with a stray rubber bullet. Apparently, the cops here don't care if you're part of the protest or not, whether you're wearing, wearing a yellow vest or not. If you're in that area, you're probably going to get shot with some rubber bullets. Um, it was a pretty crazy experience. I felt like I was in the middle of a wannabe war zone. To an extent, I mean, obviously it wasn't that bad, but it was like still strange. Uh, it's got a weird vibe. Even during uh, the protests happen every Saturday, they start at two and they go to many hours of the night. But the security stays there all week round. I mean, any day you go out to St. Catherine, you'll see up to eight military armed military officers walking down the street with assault rifles ready to ready to go into action if a terrorist decides to blow something up because you know they they had uh Francis had multiple uh occurrences with some pretty bad terrorism just recently with the 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 magazine uh printing co- I I'm not familiar with the with the name of the company but the the magazine printing company and then the bus that ran over people I think it was in Paris. So everyone here is a little bit on edge. Um, the military officers don't seem like they're having fun patrolling the streets. But you see them everywhere. You see them at malls. You see them at the airport. Anywhere where there's a large group of people, you'll see some armed military officers looking around, being vigilant. Um, I started to ask around more about the protest and what exactly it's about. And I still get mixed reviews from people, but the more I talk, the more I'm learning that it's not just so much about uh, people wanting more from the government. It's people wanting less from the government, people that are finding that the government is being far too authoritative in trying to control its people and uh, basically being puppets to the corporations, you know. One of the strangest things about this protest is that the government seems to be protecting uh, companies and corporations more than they're protecting the people. 
the police don't really seem too concerned about who gets hurt when they when they come and stop a protest or a riot. They they they're really concerned about what shops get taken down and what 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 pieces of merchandise get ruined. That seems to be their main concern. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of a messed up sense of priority, if you ask me. Uh, the people should be number one because the people are who make up the company. And without the people, the company is nothing. Without the people, the company can't operate. The company can't work. And without the people, there's no one to buy anything from the company. So what the fuck is going on? France has a huge population of materialist people. Uh, people who work all week so that they can go to the department, the department stores on the weekends and spend their money on new jackets and new clothes to make themselves feel good. And there seems to be a really big division right now between people who are materialistic and people who are trying to find a, a greater meaning. And I think a lot of people are using this protest as a, as a way to find a greater meaning. Uh, I don't know if it's misguided or not. I haven't talked to enough people. Honestly, every time I try to go out to find somebody to talk to, it's, it, hasn't, it hasn't yielded any fruit because I don't speak very good French. My French is awful. And, uh, um, most of the people who speak English are probably working a job and not in a protest. So it's been slow going, but I, I plan on going out again sometime this week and, and probably early Saturday this week to talk to some of the protesters before the protest, before the, the like the, the parade of protests actually begin. Um, so I guess I'll update you guys more on when that happens. It's just strange. It's strange. We went to go see a movie uh, last Saturday, the new Dragons movie. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, we watched it in French, which was not fun. I did not enjoy that part. But, I mean, m most, most movies are so visual. And uh, if you really just pay attention to visual cues, you can usually tell what's going on in a movie without having any auditory stimulation. Um, so paying attention to visual cues and just paying attention to what little French I could understand. I kind of got the basic uh, plot lines down. But other than that, the movie was just really cute. We ended up leaving the movie and we're making our way back. Uh, there were no trams and the house wasn't horribly far away. So we just decided to walk the whole way. And we're walking out of St. Catherine. We're getting out into like the big square and we see these teenagers I mean, some of them were definitely teenagers. Other people had their faces covered. Um, and there's like a big, big crowd of people. And all of a sudden we hear one person start chanting, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden everyone else starts chanting, blah, 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 blah. And like all of a sudden there's like 50, 60 people all chanting at once. And they're chanting and yelling and throwing stuff down the left alleyway. And then all of a sudden, they all start running as fast as they can down the right alleyway. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? I, I, I didn't understand the words that they were chanting in French. 
they take they 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 start running hard down the right alleyway. Uh, so we start walking away as fast as we can. I turn around, and again, another small army of police officers come around the left alleyway, and I see I see half of them run down the right right alleyway. I see one soldier stand behind, holding his his rubber gun assault rubber bullet assault rifle, and he points it down the alleyway, and he starts looking around to see if there are any stragglers from whoever was chanting the chant. I asked my girlfriend what they were saying. Apparently they were just chanting, we hate the police, we hate the police. Tensions are very high. It's very strange to just be going to a movie theater, having fun, watching a movie, and then walking out and suddenly you're in this little miniature revolution. It really makes you think about how how much violence is necessary for change. You know, in a perfect world, everything would be democratic and we could talk about our, our problems and our feelings. And in a perfect world, those thoughts and feelings would be accounted for and listened to. Um... But it's not a perfect world. That's why we have wars. And you never want to say it's a good idea to go smash a store building. Smashing the windows and and cause havoc. But that's... The French Revolution was considered a victory by the the rebels who started it and won it, and it was ultimately a good thing for the government because they started to look out more for their people. I mean, that's what the whole Les Miserables movie was about. I'm starting to think, is that going to happen again? Are we looking at the beginning of a new revolution for France? France? The American, the Americas had a revolution too. We, we fought for independence against the British. And we, we, we killed people. We dumped their tea into the, into the, the water. And we raged war. But it was for the greater good. The Civil War is another example Terrible things were happening, and there was no other way to go about it than to fight for what you believed in, what what you believed was right. So at a certain point, I think violence is necessary. But at what point is it, and how do you justify it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, your mind starts to wander when you're in a foreign country uh, on the brink of war (laughs) for two months straight. (laughs) Uh, I don't have a working visa, so I can't work right now. Uh, 
I started out by working on my French as much as I could, trying to read books, working on Duolingo, the, the language learning app. Uh, the past few weeks, I have been uh, just watching TV, wasting a lot of time, which makes me sick inside. Uh, so just recently, I started exercising again. I started going for runs every day. My girlfriend got me into Pokemon Go. <laughs> So uh, I always put on Pokemon Go as I run to collect those uh, collect those uh, those kilometers, get those eggs hatching, um, get those uh, buddy candies, you know. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll see a Dratini as I'm running, so I'll stop and run in place as I catch the Dratini. It's fun. It, it's 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 an interesting way. I don't know if it's bad for me because I am running. I am going out there, and it, it is almost an extra motivation. For me to go out and, and get some exercise. Um, but maybe I should be running just for the f fucking sake of running. Uh, who knows? Anyway, I've almost got enough candy for a dragon night. But I'm like, I'm like one Dratini away. It's pissing me off and I can't find it. It's been like a week. So I've been exercising... Running, doing push-ups and squats, everything I can do with my body. And I've been playing my guitar as much as I can. been working on a uh, song called Hana. I uh, can't remember the author's name, some Japanese guy. Uh, an American uh, artist covered it, Flower, by Andy McKee, I believe. It's it's tough. I mean, it's like a, it's like a real legit fingerstyle song. It's about six minutes long. Um, and it's probably the most, uh, ambitious song I've tried to learn so far. And I've got most of it down. I've got maybe one or two more parts to learn. I've got the bridge and like the outro and that's it. Everything else I've got, not down to a T, but I've got it in my head to the point where I can practice it pretty well. There's like one or two spots where I always mess up on and it pisses me off, but you know, I keep on working on it, and it gives my mind something to do. It gives my fingers something to do. It gives my mind something to do. It gives my brain something to do. It gives my mind something to do. Man, talking. You know, I was I was so stressed out about doing this podcast. Because when you're alone, silent in a room, you kind of get used to being alone, silent in a room. And the idea for talking to yourself or even to a microphone starts to become daunting. And I go, well, what if I talk for two minutes and I lose it and I just wasted two minutes of my time? Oh, fuck, I just wasted an hour and a half of my time watching the Ted Bundy documentary. So <laughs> I don't really, I'm not really concerned about two minutes anymore. But it, it, it is stressful. I, I, I want to release a podcast every Wednesday. And that that is my ultimate goal, just to have that level of consistency. Whether I'm talking about art or music or the protests and riots in France, or I'm having a guest on and I'm talking to them about their personal life. That, that really doesn't matter to me. Uh, this podcast is ultimately about art and music. Um, having a guest, I guess is optional. My most important, the most important thing to me is that I'm being consistent in releasing podcasts. It's very difficult to find guests it's it, it pains me too because sometimes you just have amazing conversations with people. 
just just brilliant, completely out there, uh, philosophical, intellectual conversations. Um, and those are like th- those are some of the greatest conversations I've had in my life. And I, I just so wish I had a microphone on me twenty four seven so that I could record the spur of the moment um, happenstances like that. But that's not how it works. People, yeah, I don't always have a microphone on me. And when I try to get those same people in to have conversations with me with a, with a microphone for a podcast, there's a different air in the room. We both know we're being recorded. There's a little bit of added sense of pressure. Um, things are very rarely fully natural. Um, and a lot of times the people that you have great conversations with naturally, terrible podcasts, <laughs> terrible podcasts. Um, I have one or two that I've recorded that I just can't, I can't release just because there's no quality to them. Um, I do want to try to redo podcasts with those people. Um, because I know that there's more potential there. Um, and sometimes there are certain circumstances that are causing us to kind of censor ourselves a little bit. And I would like to go back to those people and have another podcast when those circumstances have kind of, um, faded away and we're a little more free to just explore our minds. Uh, cause censoring yourself sucks. Um, so yeah, and then a lot of other times there are people who have great conversations with, but you ask them to do a podcast and they're turned off by the idea. They get nervous by the idea. They don't like the idea of being recorded. Um, and that just really sucks because I think everybody has something to offer. And if you're willing to talk to me about it, why are you not willing to talk to the rest of the world about it? Or whatever tiny two per, two people fan base I have, um, it's it's just a real shame. I think more people need to be more confident. Every everybody has something to offer. Everybody's got a little unique slice of the pie. Everyone's got their own little puzzle piece to life, and we're never gonna figure out the whole thing unless we start getting all those little puzzle pieces together, and. We might start to build some sort of picture of how the world works. I don't think we'll ever get the whole picture, but we might get a corner of the puzzle and a couple generations from now, someone else might get another corner of the puzzle. And maybe, maybe when, by the time we're all living on Mars and in Europa, we'll, we'll have, we'll have maybe 75% of that puzzle done. Who knows? Another thing I've been doing while I'm here in France, trying not to lose my mind, is painting. I've been taking little Bob Ross lessons. Uh, I started off with acrylic paints, but they're no bueno. So I finally got a little beginner set of oil paints. I think it was like $15 for white, black, blue, red, and yellow. And uh, I've been able to do some pretty cool stuff. It's... it's it, it's very calming and relaxing. I don't I don't know how I lose three, four hours of my day just painting, but somehow it happens. Um it's really a, a really a nice thing. Oh, let's see how much time have we gone by so far. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. 31 minutes. That's not bad, guys. That's really not bad. 
for me to just blab and stream of consciousness. I didn't have anything planned. I didn't write anything down. Uh, I just, I just knew that there was some stuff that I could talk about. And uh, I wanted to see how long I could go. 32 minutes, that's really not a bad mark to hit going solo. It's very hard to talk solo, guys. It's very difficult. Uh, it's, it's scary. But I did it, and <laughs> I'm going to play a little rendition of the song I've been trying to learn just to kind of close things out. So you've been hearing my terrible voice do this terrible podcast, and now you'll hear a terrible rendition of a beautiful song that I'm just going to ruin for you right now. So enjoy. Enjoy. 